Hi, and welcome to the Sports Bar Podcast with your regular host, K-Man. As usual, this is the Premier League preview show, as we do every Friday. We come with the best preview to the Premier League weekend's action. So, there's so many things to discuss, as always. So many interesting storylines, as always, in the Premier League. That's why it's the best league in the world. So, yes, this is the Sports Bar Podcast. Remember, you can like, follow, subscribe, wherever you find your podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you find your podcast. Um, this this month is Black History Month. So on every episode of the podcast this month, we're going to celebrate one Premier League Black player. One Black Premier League player who was, who was mystified as or who was, who, was, who was made us fall in love with the Premier League even more. So at the end of the show, we are going to discuss a Premier League player each one of us. And I'm here, as usual, with George Archer. He's always here on the show with us. Welcome, George. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here, as always, man. Yeah, that's great. That's great. We're also going to discuss our FPL teams at the end of the at the end of the show. Just discuss some tips for for FPL gamers this week, this weekend also. So, yeah, let's delve into, let's delve into the fixtures for this weekend. This is the match week seven. So, in the early kickoff on Saturday, Manchester United host Everton at Old Trafford. Burnley hosts Norwich. Chelsea hosts Southampton at Stafford Bridge. It's Leeds United versus Watford at Ellen Road. Wolves host Newcastle. Brighton versus Arsenal at the Amex Stadium. Crystal Palace hosts Leicester City. Tottenham Hotspurs host Aston Villa. West Ham hosts Brentford. And in the big one, in the big one of the weekend, we have Liverpool versus City on Sunday at Anfield. The last four games, that's Palace versus Leicester, Spurs versus Villa, West Ham versus Brentford, and Liverpool versus City are all on Sunday, sorry. So yeah, that's interesting. Those are interest those are the, 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 the fixtures for week seven. Interesting fixtures there. And we're gonna delve right into the games. We're gonna go straight into the big one. The big one of the weekend. I mean, that's what the Premier League is for, the big ones. There's always a big one every weekend for us to be excited about. And it's Liverpool versus Manchester City at Anfield. So let's delve straight into it. George, um Liverpool have have I mean, they, they, they've come back strong this season. I mean, they have their full sets, their full squad there, Virgil van Dijk. They barely concede goals at the front. Mohamed Salah is scoring goals as if, you know, it's, it's a second nature. Um, they, were, they were touted as fourth favourites for the league this season. Or Everybody was saying Manchester United, Manchester City and, and Chelsea were ahead of them. But they've shown that they are still in the competition. I mean, they can they can beat each of these teams on on a very good day. Do you think people have underestimated Liverpool? I absolutely think people have people are writing them not writing them off per se, but people are under, underestimating them. And I think um, by underestimating them and not considering them genuine title title contenders, you're only benefiting them you're only aiding them in the sense that it gives them the opportunity to work you know in peace yes you 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 took the words out of my mouth you know they so many there's so much focus on the Manchester clubs you know because of the recruitments they made and you know because of Luka, and Chelsea as well because of Lukaku because of Ronaldo because of Grealish and all of that but I, I personally I, I think Liverpool could go on to win the league um it would break my heart to see it happen again, obviously. But 
Um, I just, I just, I just, I just think when you, when you take a look at how they've performed so far this season, you know, like you said, and um, they've got um all their all all their all their star players fully fit. You know, Mohamed Salah is on fire, on good form. Um, Sadio Mane, um, Virgil Van Dijk, you know, and they they they've they've tightened their screws at the back and all of things, everything. I I do I do believe they they believe they can they can go on and win the the title this season. The more people write them off, the more um, chance it you know it, it gives you know to to go on working hard. So yeah, I do think they can go on and win the league. I mean, they were tremendous in, in their midweek Champions League fixture against Portugal. I mean, they went there and they beat Portugal by five goals to one. I mean, that's that's no easy feat to do. And they they they, they scored goals for fun. And let's talk about Mohamed Salah. <laughs> It's like he just he just wakes up and then he starts scoring goals. It's, it's so easy for him these days. And how big of a miss do you think he's gonna be when he goes to the Afcon in January? Oh, I think you'll be a, a huge. I think you'll be a huge miss because he's their top. If I'm not if I'm not wrong, he's a the, he scored the most for them right this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, yeah, and uh, arguably he. He is the main man, you know. Um, so many people do, like talk about, you know, the squad overall. But Liverpool's resurgence, you know, over the past five, four years, I think, I think it should be, could be attributed to the acquisition of, you know, this front three. You know, um, it used to be Salah, Sadio Mane, you know, with Coutinho, then you know, Firmino came along and everything, but. Uh, I think he's been the main man so far. You know, he obviously hit the ground running in his first season. You know, won the the golden boot and everything. And um, I just think he 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 sees there. You know, and um, he definitely is their their man. Whenever, regardless of um what what um, opposition they they face, you know, I think he he is the one to cause trouble. For them, so I think yeah, he'll be a huge miss. But Liverpool have, have got the death, you know, to be able to make up for his for his um his absence. And so I don't think it'll be big of a loss. They they'll be able to hold on, you know, when um when he leaves for the Afcon. But, That's yeah, the thing, I, you know. There's there's Sadio Mane also leaving, and then the, the players, and in the front three, the Liverpool Liverpool front three. We're gonna talk about the game itself in a short while. But then with the Liverpool front three, I mean, there's there's Mohamed Salah, there's Sergio Mane, there's Bobby Firmino. Then, then that's about it. You know, you hardly see, unless they go out and buy somebody in January. But if they don't, then I, I do think they're in big trouble because, I mean, who is there to replace Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain? Is he going to come in? Is he going to have the same impact as, as Salah or Mane has? You know, and they are losing two players. Diego Jota is going to come in. Is he going to? Is he going to have the same impact that these these players have? I, I feel like there's a big hole there. And if they don't recruit someone in January, at least as a backup, I think they're going to be in big trouble. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's a good point. That really is a good point. And um, yeah, it's it's one thing to have the death, and um, it's thing entirely to have people capable of, of fulfilling those shoes like you said and um take a look at someone like Origi yeah he may not be you know a world class striker and everything but he he does he does put on some good performance he comes off the bench 
No, but That's yeah, true. yeah, I, I, I do agree with you. It's, it's, it's of the being coming off the bench is completely different from playing 90 minutes. And um, take a look at someone like Oxlade as well. You know, who's, who's, who's injury prone. Oxlade is a fantastic player. Don't get me wrong, he's great. But um, yeah, can you when, when, when it comes down to it, you know, when your team needs you the most, can you fill those shoes? And um, it'll be interesting to see. But I, I absolutely do agree with you. They will be huge misses. They definitely will be huge misses. Yeah. All right, now let's go. To, let's 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 focus on Manchester City because during the week they went to Paris, and they lost by two goals to nil. I mean, Paris Saint Germain obviously a super team and everything. And this question about a striker came up again after the game because people were saying a lot of pundits were saying that if Manchester City had a striker, they might have come out of that game with something, with a point or maybe even all three. And this whole striker thing is going to continue until. <laughs> Until until the season ends or until they get a new striker either in January or next summer. But with their performance in Paris, it wasn't that bad. But then last the last week, the performance against Chelsea was so complete, and I'm sure Pep Guardiola would have been happy with that. He would want the same performance from his team this weekend, won't he? Of course he would, you know, because it was a was a game plan played to perfection. And um, he was he was so efficient in front of goal. His striker was efficient in front of goal, and it's um great credit to him because um if you look at the way Chelsea is set up this season, you know, in a very good defensive side, they haven't um conceded that many goals, and so to be able to break down, it it, it looked like a scrappy goal, but I mean it's a it was a goal nonetheless. You know, any a goal against this this Chelsea side is very impressive because they're so good at the back, and um. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure he'll replicate this this performance. But yeah, it'll be. It's a completely different game. Chelsea and Liverpool are two very different sides. But um, the, my take on the whole striker thing. I, I know they don't need a striker, man. Their performance against against Arsenal, against Norwich, five goals with no standard nine. You know, uh, the Torres is okay. If you have look at the. the the people, the creative people they've got, you know, just behind, just the people who play, they attend, you know, and on their wings. Look at Kevin De Bruyne or look at Jack Grealish. The people capable of finding space, you know, and coming up with creative ways of feeding the ball to whoever is up front. And so... Sorry to, cut you, to... sorry to cut you in, but don't you think, don't you think that getting a striker of Harry Kane's level is going to take them to the next level? Because... Look, a game against Southampton, although, yeah, they scored six goals against Newcastle, against Norwich, and against Arsenal and everything. Um, against Southampton, they, they failed to register even a shot on target. And you feel like if there was this striker in the box, that, that like a Harry Kane or a Romelu Lukaku or somebody of that sort, you know, who at least he would have banged in something like that or he would have got a half chance and then maybe put it in. Put it in. So, I feel like, honestly, maybe, yes, the team is scoring goals and everything, but then, you know, and, and number nine is kind of needed because in almost every championship winning team or every Champions League winning team or every league title winning team, there's this guy that's going to get you 20 or more goals to supplement the other team and then the other players will supplement with their goals and everything. You, you really don't think they need a striker? Well, it will be beneficial to them. But if the performances 
anything to go by. It doesn't really look like they need a striker because last season, a lot last season is completely different from this season. The majority for the majority of last season, they had their star mark, you know, and so and they were able to do it. We saw them resurge after you know after Christmas. They went on that long unbeaten run with no striker. And if history is any indication, it's it's very possible. It's very possible. Paris game, the Southampton. Yes, on one side you can look at it, you can say yes that there was no striker, but don't Southampton deserve a little bit of credit as well? You know, for maybe setting up very well, you know, preventing them from getting that shot on target. You know, because yeah, we, we we've seen we've seen we've seen games where yes, a team will have a a, a good nine. But they're they're unable to register that many shots on targets as well, and so yes, maybe with that Southampton, Southampton game not having a striker cost them. But yeah, I think it's all a matter of perspective. And um, the, in the return fixture, I think it'll be a very different situation. You know, striker or no striker, I think Manchester City will win that game. But yes, there the, the, there is a case to be made for them acquiring a striker. But yeah, again, they are their performances suggest that they don't really need one. You know, they're a very good side. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's interesting. That's an interesting take. I, I kind of, I kind of understand where you're coming from in that, in that aspect. Okay. So now to the game itself and then injuries for Liverpool, apparently Trent Alexander-Arnold is injured, is out of the game and, and um, Thiago is also out of the game. Let's talk about Trent because he's an essential part of the of the team for for Liverpool at that right back position, and if all things goes well, James Milner is the one who's going to replace him there. I mean, there's a there's a there's an obvious difference there. How 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 much do you think Liverpool will miss will miss will miss Trent Alexander Arnold in this game? They'll really miss him because I I think in my opinion he's um one of the best, if not the best, you know, fullbacks in the Premier League. Uh-huh. Um, there's so much he, he's evolved, obviously, as a player, not just as a defender, you know, as a as a ball-playing fullback, you know, going forward, you know, trying to create chances, trying to expand, you know, the play, trying to, you know, feed in crosses, you know, for his attackers. I think he's, he's added so much to his game and, and we, we've seen it of late, you know, he's in my fantasy and, he contributes um, a lot of too many assists already this season. So I definitely lose a huge miss. Um, James Milner replacing him. I, I don't. I don't know how much of a you know how whether he'll be able to you know fill those shoes, play that role. You know as as effective would you know. So it, it'll be interesting to see how he how he um he he. You know he plays, but yeah, I I do believe he's a he's a he'll be a huge miss. Yeah. Right. So now t- time for predictions. What do you think is gonna happen in this game? Um, I don't know. For some for some for some strange reason, I just I I, I think Liverpool will come up with a win. Yeah, out. You know they've they their performances haven't been excellent. They lost their first game for. But um, again, it's still early, and I, I, I just, I just see Liverpool winning this game. I'm going to go three to Liverpool. Yeah. All right, a goal first as this game is always 
always contains goals, always has goals and everything. And we're looking forward to that on Sunday. That's the last game of the weekend um, fixture. So, that's great. Okay, so now we're going to our second game. Um, Brighton versus Arsenal. I mean, like, last week I was actually... I, I wasn't at home, so I didn't watch the, the North London derby. But then I was on my phone and then I, I got notifications. I was like... Like, Arsenal has scored, and then Arsenal scored again. I'm like, what is happening? Like, what's happening to Spurs and everything? But then Arsenal were just ruthless last last week, winning the game 3-0. An unexpected result, I have to say. Um, I don't think a lot of people were, were, were tipping Arsenal to, to win that comfortably, but they did. Is there a resurgence in, happening at Arsenal? Because, you know, the Premier League... One week you're 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 in line for the sack. The next week you're the best manager in the world. Did we overreact to the Arsenal crisis? And I'm using air quotes here. Did we react to the Arsenal crisis at the at the beginning of the season, or it was just it was justified? I I I don't think it was. Um, I think their performances warranted. You know the our, our reactions. We've said I've said in, in previous shows, previous episodes of this show that Arsenal should be doing better. You know, I think they should be mid-table, honestly. I think they've got great players. Um and so yeah, people people had a right to be concerned for those performances they put in. I mean, and uh, a club of Arsenal's caliber, you sh- shouldn't be losing three games on the bounce. You know, it's absolutely embarrassing and absolutely disastrous, you know. And um yeah, I I, I I like the word you use, resurgence. That's exactly what it is. They lost the first three in a row. I think it, it's good for the confidence of the players, you know, for the confidence of the manager as well. You know, it's good for the fans. And um, it, 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 it's actually interesting because um, Arsenal are now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they're now above space. Yeah. Yeah. On the table, yeah. There you go. Yeah. It, just, it just goes to show, you know. So, yeah, you should you should never you should never ever you know com- completely write you know a team off. And um, it's good to see them back. I I think I I think I I, I like the way they, look, you know. And yeah, like like you at least this sort of performance, you know. Before um, when the Arsenal fans went to sleep on 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 Saturday night, I, I don't think they drew. About this sort of performance, let alone result, you know, it was it was absolutely incredible. It was absolutely incredible, and the Emirates was rocking. It was a very very good atmosphere, and um, it will be interesting to see how things um, go on from here. And uh, like you rightly said, Brighton have also been very good. If they had beaten Crystal Palace on Monday, they would have gone top of the table. I think they've they've started the season really well, and um, and so it, it should be a fascinating game, you know, considering. The circumstances of both teams, you know, considering how hungry both teams are to prove something. So yeah, it's, it should be a very good game. I think for Brighton is great. And Potter's beard that that's showing that's that's given them this result, to be honest. What the what, <laughs> the beard looks like something out of Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones or something. He, he, <laughs> it, it, it must be the beard. <laughs> Nothing else, it must be the beard. But um in all seriousness, Brighton have been Except, okay, not exceptional this season, but they've been very good this season. And I mean, sitting in the top half of the table this season, and they have a really good chance against Arsenal. I mean, Arsenal are back and everything, but I think this Brighton team is actually playing real good football. And 
I think they are transferred. They transferred the the way they ended last season into this season, and it has been an overflow. Do you think? Do you think they have a chance to stay where they are this year? I mean, look, looking at the team, looking at the way they play, and I don't think Brighton are going to change the way they are an attacking side. So they are obviously going to get. They are going to get forward more often. They are not going to change their style of play. Do you think because of that? Do you think they can stay where they are this season, or I mean, not necessarily like stay where they are right now, but then, I mean, be in the top six, top eight section of the table? Top six. Um, that was very difficult for them, you know, because uh, there's so many teams. You know, there, there's Arsenal. You know, there's Arsenal. Mm. There's Leicester. There's Everton. So top six will be difficult. Um. Maybe, maybe, maybe in the top ten, but top six, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't really know. I don't really. It doesn't. I, I don't, I don't see top six happening for Brighton. Honestly, nothing against them. It's the Premier League again. No, right, don't write anybody off. But yeah, it's it's too early to decide. And um. But if 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 their if their recent performances are anything to go by, and if they are able to, you know. You know these these performances. I think they'll end up finishing in a, in a, in a good spot. Um, I think I like Neil Mope, and um, I think that Danny Welbeck is you know he's got that Premier League experience, yeah. and um, yeah, he's he's, 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 he's sad. exactly, sad. exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, they've 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 they've, they've got a formidable squad, but um, I, I think it's 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 early. It's early to it's too early to call to make any conclusions, and but. It'll be interesting to see how they where where they end up. Yeah. yeah the game this weekend is gonna be played at Amex. Um it's also I like the look of the stadium. It's, it's a it's a close stadium, like the fans are close to the players and everything. And it can be very, very bouncy when, when things are going right for 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 Brighton. Do they stand a chance against Arsenal this weekend? Yes, they do, because Arsenal the you know Three three wins in a row is, is good, but Arsenal are unfortunately known for their inconsistency and <laughs> you're not not in Torsier or anything. But yeah, and um, if 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 considering Brighton's performances so far, I think they do stand a very good chance, you know. And um, it'll be interesting to see how they sit back, you know, to prevent Arsenal from scoring. Whether they like to go all out, you know, but if 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 they do sit back, um, to try and counter, I think they can, they can, they can. I think they they stand a good chance of of, of catching Arsenal on the break, you know, because Arsenal defense hasn't they 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 aren't the best if we're being brutally honest, you know, and um, so yeah, I I, I do think I, I do think excuse me, I do I do think they stand a very good chance. Mm-hmm. All right, so your score predictions for that game? Um, I'm going to go 2 1 Brighton. Wow, <laughs> a victory for Brighton at the Alex. Imagine the fury of Arsenal fans who think. <laughs> but that, that's, also, that's also going to be an interesting game. I'm also looking forward to that. I think it'll be, it'll be a fun game. Both teams are both attacking and they like to go for it, like to score goals. So, yeah, let's see what happens in that game. Okay, yeah. so our third game for the weekend. Is United Manchester United versus Everton, and I want to focus on Everton first because, I mean, Rafael Benitez has 
I mean, if they win the game early on, on Saturday, they're going they're going top of the table, even if it's for the meantime or everything. But if they win on Saturday, they're going top of the table. They have 13 points, the same as Chelsea, the same as Manchester United. So they're actually done very well this season. And consider, considering the fact that when they signed Damari Gray, when they signed Andrews Townsend, when they signed, you know, these players were like, Yo, what the hell are you doing? What's happening at Everton with Rafa Benitez? <laughs> We thought they were going to have a toxic atmosphere at, at Goodison Park, but things are looking really good for them. They've been very good this 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 season so far. I mean, they lost to Aston Villa three 0 but then apart from that, they've been actually very good with Andrew Townsend and, and Damari Gray doing doing exceptionally well in in those teams. How impressed have you been with them this season? I think they've done very well. I think I think um, obviously Rafa's. Um, the the club signing Rafa is was is, was instrumental to their uh, is instrumental to their success this season. Um, it was sad. I, I thought they would, I thought they would have a difficult with Hamas. Hamas would Hamas not playing that many games. But hey, I, I was wrong again. This is the Premier League. You, you, the unpredictability of it is what makes it so exciting. But um, yeah, like you like you rightly said, Andres Townsend and Mary Gray are good. And it's um this game it's, it's it's one of those ones which will be will be will be difficult to call, you know, despite the fact that they are missing so many of the good players, I do think they stand a very good chance. And um so far they have they they've put in some very good performances. Again, like I, it looks like I keep giving this reason, but I still think it's too early for anything, you know, to anything to conclude. To, to, to say who's going to win the league or who, where someone is going to end up. But we, we ever are a decent side and we can they've, they've caused trouble to you know, good sides in the past. And so, yeah, so far, I've, I've, I've been impressed with what, what they've been able to do so far. Yeah. All right. Okay, so um, let's talk about United right now. And during the week, I mean, it was a weird game against Villarreal because... If we were being honest, Villarreal should have won that much. But David De Gea was in the post and Cristiano Ronaldo was at the end for Manchester United. So, basically, those are two individuals that won the game for Manchester United, basically. Um, and the, the question comes up again almost every time. Ole, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, you know, he, there's this question, big question mark over him because I, don't, I, I honestly do, I do not know how he does it. He's like... If there's an example of someone always getting 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 it somehow working at the end of the of when he's under pressure, it's only gonna social because he he might have a bad string of results and then when you think oh yeah this is it if he finally does this it's going to be the end for him then something happens he he gets on a winning streak a ten game winning streak or something <sighs> this question I I know I've asked this question before on the podcast and everything but. Only gonna associate George. I know you're a big fan of him. I know you support him. I know many Manchester United, many Manchester United Ultra Ford going fans are behind him and everything. Do you think he's the guy for Manchester United? Too? I mean, because some of the performances he, against Villarreal, he was basically saved by individuals, to be honest. You know, and I don't like to go against him. I don't like to say stuff against him because he looks as if he's he's comfortable and the club is comfortable with him. 
But is he the guy to lead you guys to the next step, to lead Manchester United to the next step? Sorry. I love this question because you know you can you can look at it from many angles and um but yeah I I'd, I'd like to start by yeah speaking about the performance like you rightly said and not not just this this Villarreal match if you if you pay particular attention to every every match Manchester United has played this season apart from maybe Leeds where we we I think we we won comfortably nothing against Leeds it was a difficult game at some points but at a point in the game but we were, able to, we were able to win comfortably. Um, something is just not clicking. You know, something is just not... We struggle to penetrate the teams that catch us on the counter. They look more lethal than we do when we counter. And um, whenever we play Fred, he gets exposed. And we, 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 just, we just can't seem to get that many shots on target. Something is just, just not clicking. From a... Uh, from a man management standpoint, I think Ole's done an exceptional. I've never heard him throw a play under the bus in any post-match, you know, press conference, interview, or anything like that. He's always there to defend the players. Ole always there to, you know, say, "Oh, it was just a mistake. He'll be back," you know, something like that. Um, every every manager and his method and all, and you know, the, the way he likes to manage his players and whatever. But from a tactical standpoint, yeah, like 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 you rightly said, sometimes he just he just he just can't seem to get it right. You know, his in-game, you know, the the right calls to make, the right substitutions to make, he just can't seem to get it right. Sometimes, you know, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, so we can say he did get it right because he brought on Cavani, who wrestled that fullback, literally wrestled the guy for the ball. For Fred to cross the ball, you know, Jesse Lingard passing the ball back to Ronaldo to score the goal and everything. So if he had not made those changes, we probably would have drawn and we probably would have been on, on our way out of the group, you know, if we're being honest. And yeah, our performances have been abysmal, have been abysmal. But it's, um, say yes, you know, everything is, is, is rosy. But when you do look, when you do watch the games, you know, something is just not clicking. And, um, to answer your question, I'd say only time will tell. Only time will tell. We really can't say. People, people are so you know passionately only out on Twitter. You know the fan base is divided. People, people are saying we need, we need, we need a better tactician, and um, and all of that. Ole is not the man to lead us and all of that. But and people say he needs a he needs a bit more time. But hey, you've had three, four seasons. You know the board has backed you with so much money. I mean the time is now. The time is now. But again, also, only time will tell. You know, I think we should give him to the end of the season. You know, and if at the end of the season he hasn't won, the Premier League will be difficult, man. The Champions League difficult as well. But that's what we're expecting from him. And if he's not able to deliver that, now I think it may be time for him to go. And so, to answer your question, is he the man? I think only time will tell. Only time will tell. But, um, yeah, um... That 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 VRL performance was was it was it was an absolute embarrassment. VRL took us to school, and um, yeah, like you rightly said, we won the game by individual brilliance, you know. But we can't keep relying on individual brilliance, man. We need to see a bit of cohesion. 
you know, we need to we, we need an identity. You know, sometimes you watch Manchester United, you don't know, you can't really see what they're doing. Are we only trying to catch teams on the counter? You know, are we trying to dominate possession? You know, trying to wear teams out, you know, and um try and score Legos. What you, you really can't see. We don't you can't say we have an identity. And yeah, I, I said this last week, I say this every episode. It's one thing to have a star studded lineup, but it, it's another thing to have star and you know have the chemistry, you know, make sure everything is blending well. And if we're being brutally honest, it, it, it doesn't look like United has that, you know, right now. But yeah, again, to answer your question, I think it, it's only time. Only time will tell. And um, at the end of the season, we will see whether he was a man all along to, to lead us back to glory. Yeah. Yeah, let, let's see what Ole Gunnar Fischer has for us. I, I actually want him to succeed there. Because I feel like he's been judged unfairly in a, in a certain way, but then I don't know. It 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 just has this this precarious nature about the whole thing. Like he's always he's always under pressure, not under pressure per se, but he's always one or two bad results for these rumors these rumors to start coming up again and everything. So let's just see. Let's just see. Let's just hope there's an improvement for the Manchester United team. Yeah. I'm generally yeah. saying that. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm not. I'm, no, I'm generally saying that because I, I, I know people think I'm just, I'm just putting yeah. my legs or anything. But I, I really do hope he, he actually yeah. improves the team in a certain way. Okay, so yeah, sorry, um, sorry, 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 sorry to cut, but I'd like, I'd like to throw you a question. You know, with this one, with one, one big word you mentioned there, one word that thrown around a lot. You know, this season, pressure. Which manager out of the twenty managers? Which manager do you think is under the most pressure at the moment? Um, wow, I, I think Steve Bruce is almost always under pressure. From the <laughs> Newcastle, I, I think it's a, it's a static thing there. As long as it's, even if he if 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 he sends Newcastle top of the league, I'm sure the Newcastle fans are always going to find something for them to be. For, for something bad about him. So I think Steve Bruce, is, he has that constant pressure since he's been at Newcastle. But then I think for now, I'm trying to wrap my brain around it. And um, Norwich, no, Daniel Park, is, I think he's comfortable with his position where he is. He knows they're not going to sack him. If they go back into <laughs> yeah, if they go back if they go back into the championship, he's probably going to stay there and then bring them back only for them to be relegated again. So, I think there's there's no pressure there. Wow, pressure. I don't really think right now nothing is coming into my head right now. Do you have do you have any suggestions? Yeah, I I, I have haven't oh, you thought of Ralph Hasenhutel and, and and Nuno, yeah. Yeah, no no, I forgot I forgot about Nuno. Nuno no wow, Nuno. Nuno is under severe pressure and, and I think it's being um the the I don't know what's wrong with Spurs, to be honest. Because they started the season so well, and in all of a sudden it's just going down. But they they won five five one in their conference league game on Thursday, so maybe that that's been alleviated a bit. Yeah, with with Hurricane scoring a hat trick in yeah, nineteen minutes, man. Yeah, yeah, and Hurricane scoring a hat trick. So I, I I will let's see if that translates into the Premier League um, weekend action. I think they're facing Villa, Aston Villa at their stadium. So let's see what happens this week if it translates. But yeah, I think Nuno is is under pressure a bit. Under some pressure, I think. Yeah, Ralph has to move to. Um, for him, I, I can't. I don't. I don't want to blame him. I feel like the the, the the team, the club, put him in that position. To be honest, 
Southampton have put in because they sold their best players, obviously. And if you sell your best players, obviously it's not it's not it's not going to chance. You're not going to obviously get a quick turnaround and be a good team again. So I feel like his team is going to give him some time even if there are no results. Um yeah, so I don't think he's so much under pressure as Nuno is. But let's see. I mean they face Chelsea this week. This this week and that that leads us into our next game. Chelsea versus Southampton at Stamford Bridge. Um, Chelsea lost to Juventus um, during, during the Champions League in, 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 the, in the week. Uh, I was watching that game and after Chelsea fan, I, I, I wanted to pull my hair out because I was so frustrated <laughs> about how things were going in that game. But it's been kind of a blip for this Chelsea squad. I mean, two defeats in a row, beat Juventus and Manchester City. I mean, as Chelsea fans, we are a bit spoiled these days. So even if you lose to Juventus, if you lose one goal, if you lose by a goal to nil to Juventus and, and Manchester City, there's gonna be so much happening all around. Um, do you think their problem problems are arriving in the Chelsea team? I mean, they started the season well, but then they 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 met these two teams and they lost. Do you think there are some problems in the Chelsea team? Um. Not exactly. I mean, well, to be fair, City and Juve are very good sides, you know. And to, I mean, at the end of the day, what well, one team has to lose, you know. But yeah, nothing against Chelsea or anything like that. But um, yeah, um, in the in the Champions League, they have a very good defensive record, and so yeah, there 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 may be a, a cause for concern as a Chelsea fan. You know, someone who's watched Chelsea. You have to be going on. Um, what, what, what's going on here? Because, yeah, we've been able to keep so many clean sheets. You know, we, we don't let that many goals go in in the Premier League as well. And so, yes, there. You as as a Chelsea fan, obviously, yeah, you may be a bit concerned, but I I think you you've I think the team is just you know to let these to let two one 0 losses. You know, um, derail their title charge. You know, I, I think this. I think I, I think the team is still very strong, and this shouldn't hinder them in any way. I mean, it's just it's a minor. They are minor setbacks in the grand scheme of things. I mean, you won your first game in in your in your in your group, and you. And um, I think, I think you're still in contention to 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 um to progress to the round of sixteen. So I I don't think you've you've got anything to worry about. You guys will bounce back. Also. Um, within the context of the Premier League, it's just it's City. It's it's yes, it, 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 it must have hurt a little bit considering the good start you've had to the season. But it's Manchester City. Manchester City are a good side. You you shouldn't really be ashamed if you lose to City. You know, of course, it was a good game. It was only it was only one goal you guys let in. I think yes, you will be disappointed because again, you've been defending very well, but. I I I tip yeah I bounce back. I think these losses are irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. You know, you know, considering the considering the fact that you a very good side. You know, considering the fact that it's still early. You know, it's just the group stage. You know, there's still so much to play for. I don't think you know it should be. You know any anything huge to worry about? I do. I do expect you guys to bounce back. Yeah. All right. So, what was the score prediction for the Chelsea versus Southampton game? Um, three-one Chelsea. Three-one Chelsea. 
All right, three one Chelsea. So that's the preview for this weekend's fixtures. So yeah, um, so as I said at the top of the show, this month is Black History Month. So we're going to celebrate black players in the Premier League who have who have excited us, who who have made us love the Premier League even more. And you know, with the whole Black Lives Matter thing that's happening, with the whole racism issue that's being fought in the Premier League this for the past year and a half or so, strides have been made or progress has been made, but then it hasn't really got into the fact to the point where we all want. Who wanted to achieve? I mean, just yesterday in the UEFA Conference League with Rangers and 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 I think it was in Croatia or Czech Republic, one of these countries. I'm not very sure. There was there was constant booing of a black player on the field and everything, and, and that that just goes to show how far we are from achieving our purpose of eradicating racism from from the system and from society. So yes, as for Black History Month, we're gonna try and highlight some of the black players that have actually come to the Premier League to come in, to, to, to just brighten it up and to, to show their skills and their abilities. And they've excited us as fans and everything. So this week, we're going to start, as I said, in every episode of the Premier League podcast on the sports bar, the Premier League podcast, we're going to highlight one black player, George and I, we're going to highlight one black player and just, just say stories about him or what our fond memories of him or whatever, whatever he's done in, in the Premier League and just talk about him and just celebrate him first, just basically celebrate him. So, yes, George, the first entry this weekend, we want to know who it is. Um, It's got to be Michaelisian for me. Um, well, people actually don't know this, but I used to be a Chelsea fan. We're very wow. brief. <laughs> Shocker, huh? Shocker of the century, wow. huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. For very when I was much younger, when I was much younger, it wasn't, it wasn't because of Asian, but I, I just, I just, I just love the club. I think they, because they were a very good side back then, and um, you know they were winning Premier League I used to be a Chelsea fan when I was much younger, but um, I think when when you when you look at um. The time um, just before um, Manchester United won those um, three Premier League titles in a row, 2007, 2008, 2009, before that, you know, there was a certain Portuguese who arrived on the scene, you know, after winning his Champions League in Porto, um, he, Mr. Roman Abramovich, acquired the services of Jose Mourinho and he he hit the ground running, won back-to-back Premier League titles and... um, one um one player who was you know instrumental in those um winning sides you know with Chelsea was Michael Lisson. you know he's um a dominate he was a dominating presence you know in the in the defensive midfield position you know he was um he um he's like an engine really he he had so much energy he could run he was a box to box player and um, he could score, you know, very good long-range goals as well. You know, not many, but whenever he did score, they were impressive goals. And you know, he was, he was simply an integral side, an integral, you know, piece of that team. And um, you know, you 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 watch interviews of him, you know, speaking of the relationship he had with Jose Mourinho, 
just visited Ghana once because of him, you know, he's visited Asian's family. And I think it's just so refreshing to see, you know, to see um when players and players have such a good relationship, not just on the have such a good bond. And um yeah, I, I think um Michael Eason is he's, he's, he's simply a superstar, you know, for what he did for Ghana, for what he did for Africa. Um he's he's an icon really. People people literally supported Chelsea because of him. And um it's just it's just exciting to see um uh, a fellow a fellow black brother you know go you know stake his claim you know go make his name for the league we we all love uh, so I think um uh, my Michael Eason is one player you know worthy of, of of mentioning yeah all right so that was George Bear's Black History Month tribute. And he chose Michael Lisson as his player. I'm gonna go for Yaya Toure, the Manchester, the Manchester City midfielder or former Manchester City midfielder. And and he he was something else in that midfield. I think George George would agree with me. He was he was, I mean, when he was powering through the midfield with the ball running, nobody could take the ball away from him. And he used to score some brilliant goals, some goals that I mean, just were just out of this world. And I think. In that company, with company and silver and him, you see what I did there, George. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> with all of that, you know, with company silver and George and so, sorry, silver and Yaratuwe and Sergio <laughs> Aguero, and, and that that team, you know, it was just something else. Yaratuwe, and, and I think he's a Premier League legend. I think he he he's done so well in the Premier League at Ivory Coast International and his brother Colosiwe was also in the Liverpool team before and everything. I, I think he was a brilliant player. Um, yeah, and he's shown and he's shown he's shown bright in the Premier League and everything. I think recently he wrote an article about how to use your bum as a player to help improve your play. I don't know if you saw that George. But he wrote an article about how to how to use your bomb like the way Eden Hazard does in the Premier League and everything. <laughs> so I, that that even cemented his legendary status much more and everything. And and yeah, I think he's a great player, yeah, too. A Manchester City legend. Obviously, he helped he he helped the team transition from just a normal team to a very very top team. And I think he deserves his flowers. Um, these days as a Premier League legend. So yeah. So basically, that was our first Black History segment. Black History Month segment of the Premier League podcast on the Sports Bar podcast. So yes, so yes, we're gonna have this every on every podcast through the month, and so yes, this is gonna be recurring and everything. So we just celebrate the black footballers that have achieved something or that have brightened our Premier League experience from present to past and everything. So yeah, so yes, that was our Black History Month part on the podcast. So now we're going to go to our FPL segment. Another interesting segment. And last week, last week, let me check my... Last week, I think I got 39. Wow. That was that was part performance. George, what did you get last week? Last week, I think I got... Um, hold on. I got 40. I got 40 points. Wow. That's, that's an improvement. That's... And you made, you, you, made, you made a mistake two two episodes ago. You said I was lost. I was dead. You made a huge mistake, man. 
George, George, George is very adamant on that. He wants, to, wants everybody to know that he was dead. I, I, I agree. I made a huge mistake. George was yes. dead, and, and and he is still dead on the league. And by the way, I just have to put it in there. It, does, it doesn't correlate with anything, but then I'm first on the league right now. I just have to put it there. So <laughs> Just, I'm not. I'm not bragging. I promise. I'm not bragging. You'll be there for long, trust me. <laughs> but I'm, I'm first on the league. So yes. So this weekend there are some interesting picks. I mean, for your captain, there's there are some options. There's Lukaku. There's Ronaldo. There's there's Salah. For that, who do you think is the, is best suited for this weekend's game with captain? What do you think? I'm go- I'd say Lukaku, you know, nothing. I, I see him bagging at least, you know, two goals. And so I, I definitely think Lukaku will be the better pick, you know. And uh, I don't I don't see Salah scoring that many against City. It's it's Salah, he's capable of anything, but I, I don't I just I, I think it will be difficult for him. Um Ronaldo, he's also a very good pick. Um but the Everton one is just tricky. You never know. This this United side. You know, you never know what to expect from them. You know, and so um, for me, I think I, I think Lukaku will be the best best for a captain. Yeah. What about Harry Kane? What do you think about Harry Kane? I mean, he's facing Aston Villa this week. Scored a hat trick, ninety minutes hat trick. This this week against some team from God knows where. <laughs> but but he scored a hat trick. And everything. So, do you think he's, he's a good option? I mean, he's facing Villa. This, and he goes, is he finally going to get his form back and start banging and goes for Tottenham Hotspur? I mean, who knows? He could surprise us. You know, you, you never know. Um, um, considering considering the fact that he did bug a hat trick, um, midweek, you know, yesterday. He could he could show everyone that he's back. You know that he's researched and everything, but. Aston Villa are on a you know a good run. They yes they lost the match before the United match. They will be they will be you know eager to continue to get another win you know and continue the the good form they've put up. So Kane it's it's tricky not entirely. I mean you could give him a try. What do you think? But I I, I don't know. I, I I think I'll stick to Lukaku for captain here. What do you think? Yeah, I, for me, my captain is... Uh, I'm going to go with Bruno for my captain. I know it's risky, but then I'm st- I still haven't made up my mind yet if I should go with Antonio because Antonio is going to play... I think West Ham are playing... Um, where are West Ham playing? Oof. West Ham, West Ham, West Ham. Uh, uh, West Ham are playing, playing Brentford, sorry. And that, that, that looks like a mm-hmm. favourable fixture for... for or Mikel Antonio to score a few goals. So I'm torn between him and and Bruno, to be honest, but I'm still looking because I have Ings also in, 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 as my striker. So, yeah, I'm looking. I'm, I'm, I'm looking if I can transfer out a player and then bring in somebody. But let's see, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. And don't forget to substitute Trent Alexander-Arnold because he's probably not playing this week because of yeah. the So any SPL tips that I can give you this week is, is, is to substitute and listen to me because I'm first on my table. On my, on, on my table. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, tempted, I mean, tempted to use my wild card, man, you know, because there are, if I'm being honest, there are a lot of changes I have to make. I'm not really yeah. happy with my bench, with Trent out and everything. And Luke Shaw is out as well, you know. So 
I, I don't know. I really don't know. I, but, I, used, um, I used my wild card two weeks ago, and, and it actually proved to be very useful because all the cards uh, goals and everything. So, yeah. Hopefully, 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 it, it works for you as well. It works for you as well. Okay, so that that was our FPL, FPL show, our FPL segment for this week. And we're going to come back on Monday to see how it went for us during the weekend and everything and see who's still on top. And who was falling to fourth place or falling to last? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that's for the Premier League show today. But basically, I I just, I just want to I just want to just put something small. Just go out of out of the way a little bit to talk about Barcelona, just a little bit. And the crisis that's happening there. This is not a Premier League, but Barcelona is it's a footballing giant, and and things are definitely not going well for them. In the La Liga and the Champions League, the bottom of their league of their Champions League group with zero points have lost three 0 to both Bayern Munich and Benfica, and there's fire on the mountain at Barcelona because <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks so dropped. It looks I, I watched Barcelona games and this, you know, before you used to have this 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 fear factor of Barcelona. It's all evaporated this season. They look a pitiful version of themselves. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's absolutely shocking to watch. Um, well, obviously, uh, you know, Messi leaving was always always going to be a factor. I mean, how do you replace a guy like that? You don't. There's no one who's going to fill his shoes. It's as simple as that. But they 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 do have a good side. You know, they made good acquisitions with Memphis, Aguero, and they've got Pedri. You know, and they they, they they're not lacking leadership. They've got Gerard Piquet. Who's there from? Who's there been there for a long time, very long, and so it it, it is a bit painful to watch. Yes, it's, yes, I absolutely agree with you. They used to have an identity, you know, and there's such a stark contrast between the team I used to be petrified of, you know, the by I vividly remember the FC Barcelona of 2011, the best team in the world, most frightening team in the world. You know, you don't want to face them. Because you know what you're going to expect, you know. Before you step on the pitch, all hope is lost. Because you know Messi's going to do something. You know David Villa, Iniesta, Xavi, Sergio, they all. You just there's. It's highly unlikely you are going to win the match, you know, because they're just such a complete team. But now, it's an entirely different situation, and you know, they say to progress from your from your Champions League group, you know. Don't lose your home, don't lose your home games and win all your away games, you know. But I just I I fear for Barcelona a little bit, you know. Well, if I'm being honest, I wouldn't want to meet them. So it's good that they get eliminated. But you know, you 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 kind of feel for them. And considering that, especially considering that this is only the group stage, and also considering the fact that they haven't been to the Alliance Arena yet, does anybody think about that? That place is a fortress, man. Do you go to the Alliance Arena to win? No, you don't. You know, they did that. But Bayern did what they did at Camp Nou. Imagine if Barca goes to the Alliance Arena. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you know, they can't be very Granada, difficult. so, so they, they, they can't <laughs> I mean, what do you expect? Yeah, so, yeah mean, it only goes to show how, you know, the severity of the situation. But I, I don't know. People, so many people are saying Ronald Koeman. You know, I don't think he deserves all, all the blame. You know, it was always going to be difficult, you know, with... With you know Messi leaving, with Sergio Aguero also being out, 
you know, he did. I think they're missing him as well. But um, I, I, I do, I do see them um, bouncing back very soon. You know, I don't think we should write them off just yet. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous because I saw a list of managers that they made a list of managers that they wanted after if they start the eventuality that Isaac will not come and and I mean I saw Thomas Tuchel on that on that list so <laughs> and then the surprising and that was it even outrageous enough. The surprising thing was that Andrea Pelo was on the list. <laughs> I was like didn't you watch didn't you watch Juventus last season people like like Unbelievable man. What, what, what are you people smoking in the Barcelona boardroom? Like what what's happening there? I mean we people to have <laughs> how can you put Andrea Pelo on a list for Barcelona? Wow. I don't know what I really do not know what's happening there, and, and and it's so. If I was a Barcelona fan, I'd be so frustrated. They meet Atletico Madrid this weekend, and I think it will, at this stage it will be a miracle if they beat Atletico Madrid. Even if they get a draw, I'll be surprised to be honest. But oh well, that's that's the whole essence of football. Surprises do happen in everything. Thank you very much, George, for being on the show. It was great to have you. I always love you to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Mm-hmm. So this has been the Sports Proper Cast of the Year.